society could evolve. Thousands of directions. He says, but the public mustn't know. He said they must think that the one that they're born into, the particular system they're born into, is the only natural one that could have evolved. And that's how it is with most people. It never occurs to them there could be many other kinds of societies we're taught this is the only one. It simply exists, therefore it's natural. And it's going along to a particular direction that everyone knows about, with computer interfacing and so on. And, and it must be quite, quite natural for it all to happen. It's been guided by very big, powerful people. We'll be back with more after these messages. Kindergarten schools, he said, we, can, we don't have to 
take the parents away. It's more economical for us to have the parents pay for their children's upkeep and take care of them uh, because we can now scientifically indoctrinate them from the age of two perfectly well. And when the child goes home, they'll disregard the input from the parent. That was known in 1920. And here we are living through it where... Again, under the guise of freeing the people, the male and the female and all the rest of it, and all the other wars we've had, gender wars and sexual wars and revolutions and, and so on and so on, uh, people think they're actually winning something. And that's how it's meant to appear to those who, who go for debate, always go for debate when it concerns us personally. We want it. Everything works on the bait, they call it the mousetrap, in the marketing and it doesn't real, you don't realize that it affects all of society down the road because then the government steps in and becomes the new type of father. He's the father of everything. He's big brother. He's father. He's everything. But he comes with big conditions and lots of laws and rules. And he will then indoctrinate your child. So all you are is just you just pay for that child's upkeep. That's all you do, really. And that's why there's so much confusion because... No one can relate to anyone else. The child can't relate to the parent because of the indoctrination. The parent can't relate to the child. Quite simple. And again, written about very, very uh, copiously many, many years ago, 100-odd years ago, even further back. And we're living through it. We're living through the chaos that's been deliberately instilled because we're living along an agenda and a plan. It's technically fascist. They just don't wear the uniforms in the Western countries, but it's completely fascist in its, its way of functioning. And the corruption at the top themselves uh, who are involved in it don't see it as corruption. They see themselves taking the herd, which is the general public, their tax money, and using it for their own big multinational businesses. They think that's the natural order of things. And they have made the legal system to allow themselves to do it. Like these big... Uh, football teams and so on you have across the West, even the soccer teams, the big soccer ones in Britain, you'll find uh, that, that uh, the owners of these clubs are basically paid by the taxpayer to buy them. Even their stadiums are paid for by the taxpayer and given to them. Not a bad deal. Anything else at the bottom doing that, you would be corruption and you'd be in the slammer, but you see the big boys make sure they run the legal system. And what they do is technically legal. It's immoral, but it's legal. Because we are the herd, and that's what we exist for, according to them. Now we've got Jack in the UK there. Are you there, Jack? Hello, Jack. Hello. Hello. Yeah. Um, hi. Um, my, my question today is, it's, it's interesting what you've been talking about with all the indoctrination and, and such. Um, I, I was wondering your, your opinion on how much the psychopaths know about those who wake up because for all the bragging and boasting and planning, they haven't been able to stop it. No, they wrote about that 100 years ago. And, and they said that, that uh, up until that time, and for some time to come, a few fish will slip out of the net. Uh, but they, they, they said that eventually, through scientific observation, that would be stopped. And that's what they're doing now at school. They know that certain ones have gotten through, but for the last, oh, it's about 18 years now, maybe maybe more, 
Uh, they've been really testing the children at school to find out which ones are the thinkers. Uh, they have so many young men now, especially on Ritalin and uh, the different variations of the same drug, uh, trying to, which does shrink the brain. I mean, that is actually a clinical fact. Yeah. Um, so they're trying to get those with leadership abilities for the next generation. They're going to go through the main chaos, in fact, and make sure there's no leadership uh, for them. They want the passive ones only, the ones who are quite happy in school, in the collective system, where they all have consensus in the classroom, and no one is a, a dissenter with a, a different opinion. Uh, those oh, ones are classified as safe, but those who ask the questions, the ones who are out of the box and uh, ask the, the questions others uh, can't even think of for themselves, those are the dangers. So they're, they're being drugged and... Um, and uh, even ostracized, and that's part of the technique in school. If they don't go with consensus in the group, they're ostracized by the group. They're shunned. Okay. So, so that's one side of it with, with the very young. Um, how much do we know about those who've been doing it for a lot longer? What is their understanding of what the awakened ones are capable of becoming? They, they know that most people, and here's the thing, see, most people up until now, and even now it's still happening. Uh, the few who come through know they're different than the rest of the population. Uh, some of them turn in on themselves. And very early on they'll hit uh, either drugs or booze. Yeah. Uh, and they'll try literally to, to, to calm and quieten their brain because their brain is racing. Yeah. Uh, they, know, they know that everything's wrong. They can't, uh, they can't put it across to their friends. Their friends don't understand. So they blame themselves often. Mm. And so many of them burn themselves out that way. Other ones can manage to come through that and continue and become active in some way. A few will join uh, the ready-made groups, unfortunately, which um, they think will speak for them, and then they find out they've actually got the same agenda as the elitists at the top. There's many yeah, ways it, it must be quite hard for, for these people who've sworn a lot of oaths and made a lot of promises yes. to find people who are soaring above them who've done no such thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, so did, did you think that that would make them? I don't know. It, it's strange because you've talked about it in the past how how much they hate the general public. Yeah. And they seem to have slightly less hatred for those who aren't as um, well as dumb, really. Well, they have some kind of respect for those. It's strange, isn't it? It's very strange. Yeah, it's, it's a kind of respect, uh, and it could even be beyond respect. Um, they're also very curious. Yeah. That's another thing. Uh, tremendously curious as to how you escaped the indoctrination, uh, the inoculations, why it didn't affect you the same. They're, they're very curious. That's what I've found, too. Yeah. Um, it, it's interesting when, when you mention people who, who can't stop the thoughts. Um, one of the things that helped me an awful lot was, was a kind of, of meditation where, where I was able to better control my own thoughts and, if necessary, just... Um, have silence in my mind, so to speak. Yes. Same with um, with with the mind of the eye, you know, and you know the the way you can visualise things and, and hear things. Yeah. yeah sometimes uh, there, there are techniques that can be natural, and, and depending on your personality, you can find your own one. That's even better. Ah, yeah. It works yeah. for you, and that's your little space that you can move into when you need to relax and and be quiet. Indeed. I, I mean, the strange thing is about this, um, I, I am fortunate enough to know two people who are trying the same thing, and we're so different. We've gone off in such different directions. It's, yeah. it's fascinating. 
But more than that, we can also talk to each other, and it only takes about a minute of questioning before we're on exactly the same wavelength yes. and at the same time. Yeah. It's almost impossible for us to even say the simplest of our thoughts to um, those who haven't woken up. And it's not much easier mm-hmm. to express yourself to those who flash the funny hand signals and all of that. It's um, they're not that much better at understanding what, what we're trying to say to them. But, but, you know, like I said, I am fortunate enough to have two friends who I can talk to, and yeah. it's well worth it when, when we do. It's quite amazing because when you meet one of your own kind, uh, you know it immediately. Yeah, it's it's like someone you've always known. And <laughs> yeah, it truly is. It's, uh, it's an oasis in the desert. Yeah. Okay, well, there's music, and thanks again. I'll call you again. Thanks for calling. Thank I answer these messages. I am Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. And the last caller was, was pretty good there on his observations because it is true. If you're woken up, uh, you can have a lonely road. And it's, you spot your own kind uh, very rarely. When you do, it truly is. It's, it's an amazing thing to, to meet someone who not only is on the same wavelength but has sought out the information for themselves. They understand it completely. And they see they see, they are true seers in the old sense of the, of the word. Now we've got Keith from Dallas, Texas. Are you there, Keith? How are you, Dr. Wise? Not so bad. How are you doing? Um, I'm fine, thank you. Um, you have to please bear with me because I'm very nervous. Um, I just wanted to say, first of all, thank you for the, all the work you do. You're a, truly a tremendous individual, and I appreciate it personally. But I just wanted to run a few things by you right quick. I find myself, Dr. Watt, full of contempt, not only for the 87%, you know, the fellow commoners like myself, and of course the 7% of the enforcers, as well as the 3% that are controlling us. And I know that that has to be something that's psychopathic in itself because the same people that I would like to wake up, I find myself having nothing but contempt and disdain for because of the fact that they're so asleep and because of the fact that they simply think that uh, someone like myself is, you know, I'm, a, I'm some loon and I'm, quote, a conspiracy theorist. And it just totally, it just, I, I have so much frustration trying to talk to anyone because, okay, for example, I'm a, I'm a black guy, right? Um, for eight years, I told people that Bill Clinton was a precursor of things to come. And no, and, and, and the black people that I told us to thought I was on the comedy strip in Vegas. I mean, they yeah. just laughed. And um, so, and, and more importantly than that, being in Texas here, this is called the Bible Belt. And when you try to talk to people um, who have been so indoctrinated about religion, and you tell them things about just about the the the, the, the holiday that they hold in such high esteem, the Roman Saturnalia, the woman winter solstice, and you try to explain to them where these things come from, they laugh at you, or they you know will will shun. It's, it's like you said on another blurb of yours, even in primitive tribes, how if you have uh, politically incorrect uh, views about things, that they will shun you. And it's just like that even now. Like, for example, a few weeks ago over the holiday, I saw an interesting ornament of here's Pierre Noel 
kneeling down next to the manger, and this lady said that was her favorite ornament. So I, I had to laugh at that. I mean, I didn't mean to laugh right in her face, but I thought it was ridiculous. And so um, I was explaining to her a few things, and I could just tell before I even really got deep into it that she didn't want to hear what I had to say. Plus, you could tell by her, her bottom lip stiffening that she didn't like what I was saying. And so I'm like, these are the people that I'm trying to tell things to, that people who are, who've lived a half a century or more on this planet, and they haven't questioned anything. And I just find myself so um, frustrated. frustrated. Yes, sir. And so I just... I just um I don't know what to do about the fact that I know that that has to be psychopathic just within my it's own self. It's not psychopathic. I understand what it is. It, it's kind of like you're trying to to save them from going down with the ship and they don't want to go and and you 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 frustrate yourself. That's more true than anything because you're you're expending so much energy uh, to closed ears and so I know people who've gone round and spent lots of money having talks hiring halls uh, to talk to people and try to wake them up and uh, and after a few years to become so bitter because people want to stay in their own little world they're, they're scared they might sense something but they don't really want to to know too much you know and uh, they want the world really to stay the same you see human creatures want things to be the same a form of permanence in your own lifetime rapid change scares them and most people are like that. So they're, they're, they're born, they're brought up with, with particular religions which are meant to comfort them and, and, and get them through the hard times. And so they'll, they'll cling on to those systems of belief uh, tenaciously. Uh, even some, some of them will be homicidal if you, you try and take it away from them or wake them up. And you have to accept that most people uh, in this system will probably go down with the ship these are the same people who line up for inoculations uh, when they're ordered to do it. They, they will do what they're told because they want to believe uh, in the conditioned reality uh, and they will totally disregard uh, the true reality of what's happening to the bitter end. And it's more you have to try and um, almost pity them rather than, than get angry with them. Uh, they're like lemmings in a sense wanting to rush off into the sea. Um, I think that's just the way it's going to be with a lot of people, uh, right to the bitter end. And I always tell people you can't really save them all. All you can do is try and pull the few out. And I think it's been like this down through all the ages. You can only pull a few out. And, and these are the ones who do make the difference. They are willing to get active. They are willing to demand answers and demand changes in other directions. The rest of the public will always be the followers and I always say that the, the problem is not so much just the elite or the masses. The elite and the masses count on each other to an extent. Mm -hmm. I understand that. There's a, a, a form of symbiosis there. Mm -hmm. I, um, I had a conversation with some, uh, I guess they were there from, you know, like Tom Brokaw said, the greatest generation from that World War II generation. So I had a conversation with these two people, and I, and they're, you know, what you would call seriously devout Christians. Yeah, hold on, and okay. we'll, we'll follow this after okay. uh, the following break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hello, I'm Alan Watt, cutting to the Matrix. And with Keith from Dallas, Texas, on the line talking about the difficulties uh, in trying to wake people up and how it's so easy to become contemptuous of them uh, as they want to slumber on and stay in their little boxes, the little mental boxes. But you you were going to say that you had a conversation with a couple of them recently? Yes, sir. Um, I had a conversation with them. I guess they're about 75 years old. And, you know, they're very wonderful people on the inside. They're beautiful people. And uh, But my problem is... Or pro- they wanted to know actually why I felt the way I do because of the fact that, you know, there's so many African Americans who are, you know, they act like they have the red phone to Jesus or whatever. So because I'm not, they wanted to know. And I, I was like, yeah, that's fine. You know, we can, they can pick my brain and I'll be glad to explain whatever I want or whatever they want to know. I'll be, if I know it, I'll be glad to tell them. Anyway, so, um, I was talking about, we went back to Rome, and then we went to pre-Christian Rome, and then we went to Greece, and then we went to Egypt. And so I'm explaining all these things that they, that I know it was blowing them away. And you know what? You know how the conversation wound up ending, Dr. White? They brought me full circle right back to pre-Christian Rome. Yeah. And that was it. And I was like, you know, after I thought about it, because I brought them back to Greece and uh, Egypt because I just wanted to see where they were in in their own minds and you know they were honest enough with me which I, which is more than I can say for people younger than them that they didn't know what happened before Rome mm-hmm. and uh, so when you talk to people who are a little bit younger than them and even down to my age or even younger the the, the ignorance is tremendous. Uh, even in the, the people younger than them aren't even uh, willing to admit that they don't know certain things or they don't want to know or they're actually expecting the Fox Channel news channel to tell the them channel, or, yeah. or, you know, the, the big preacher out here named T.D. Oh, Jakes. Channel, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're expecting um, the preacher to tell them the things that I was telling them. And just, for example, um, the, the older people I was telling you about just a minute ago, I was telling the, uh, the grandfather, the guy, that FDR knew about Pearl Harbor before it happened, and he was blown away by that. He just couldn't believe that somebody that was 45 years younger than him told him that because I guess he's lived his whole life believing what, you know, the bottom of level one reality, like you say, which I think yeah. that's very correctly, you know, termed the bottom what, of what level one reality. What you'll find, too, what you'll find, I found this, the people who went through uh, World War Two. Uh, still are stuck with initial propaganda that was downloaded into them at that period. They've never looked into anything afterwards. Uh, that It's almost like an inoculation. They call it taking. It either takes or it doesn't. And that initial uh, wartime uh, propaganda uh, is stuck in their mind. It will never change. It's interesting, Dr. White. It's kind of like um, Alvin Toffler's book, Future Shock, where I'm in the halfway point in that book, and all he talks about is change. That's all he talks about. And um, that book was written, I was like two months old when the the particular edition that I have um, was published. And so I'm reading this book, and I'm, I'm 36 years old, and when I was 20 was when I really started questioning things. And the first place I looked was at the holidays, 
because the first place I, I, I started personally was in a Baptist church. But to have my associate pastor, Dr. Watt, tell me that, quote, I don't think you should be reading Revelation as soon as, because you just got baptized last week, so you shouldn't be reading Revelation right now. Maybe you should start reading in Third John. And because the stubborn individual that I am, that's exactly what I did, mm-hmm. was go right to Revelation, because I wanted to know why this person thought that I was, I guess, too young to understand what was going on. So that's exactly where I went. But I, I also had a problem with the fact that he had the nerve to even tell me that he didn't think that I should be starting there. Yeah. So I was just that right there. I was actually, I'm actually very, very thankful that he did that because I'd be just as caught up in the bottom of level one reality like everyone else. But I really don't want to have contempt for my fellow commoners because it's like you had said in another blurb, you have to have uh, love for all. And that my heart actually bleeds for the people that don't know, but they think because they live in a two or three hundred thousand dollar house that, that that they're better or some you know. Or they're blessed. They think they're blessed as well. Yes. Oh. That's another part of it. See, yes, American, American Christianity is a peculiar type of Christianity. It was married with commerce from the beginning. And it's, it's amazing to see intertwined people with, with Dr. Y, and they have blessed on the back of their cars. Yeah. Or the fish symbol, the ictus, and they don't even know what that means. Yeah, I thought blessed were the poor, you know. Blessed were the poor were the ones that... Uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, anyway, Dr. Wood, I know a lot of other people are trying to get, get in touch with you. I really thank you for all that you do. And I've read your first book, and I'm in the process of buying the other two because I have to buy four of your books because I'm giving them out to, as gifts. But um, I want to thank you for all, the, all your work. And well, you your, hang in and don't give up hope. And, thank you. Thank you so and much. And eventually your patience comes the more you do it, too. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. Bye. Now we've got uh, uh, Roger in Tennessee. Are you there, Roger? Oh, hi, Mr. Watt. Hello. Hi, how are you? So you're uh, talking about uh, indoctrination and media influence on uh, people's lives and our culture. And, uh, you know, it brings to mind um, some research I've been doing about the destruction of the American family, you know, how it just, you know, within like a 20-year period of time just kind of totally crumbled starting in the 50s and then, in the 60s with the women's liberation movement. And I know women get a lot of, uh, you know, flack for, um, you know, getting jobs and causing this, uh, you know, a uh, uh, two members of the family getting into the tax structure and causing prices to go up. And, you know, Gloria Steinman, who was the leader of the uh, feminist movement, worked for the CIA. And the New Age. Yeah, and she, you know, she used to spy on students in Europe for the CIA and, the, uh, that's what got the uh, MS Magazine funded, the CIA. But, you know, like I said, um, like I was saying how women, you know, usually have to carry the brunt of responsibility for that. But I, I look further beyond that. And just prior to that in the 50s, I think was kind of the precursor that got women motivated to uh, become independent. And that was uh, two factors, one being Playboy Magazine and the other being uh, James Bond movies. I know that sounds a little crazy, but they went really hand in hand. I remember growing up, my dad used to have these Playboy magazines all over the place, and any time a James Bond movie came out, there were always, it was always a big spread in there. And if you look at the James Bond character, you know, he's this flamboyant uh, womanizer who has this hard life. And if you read the books, I mean, he drinks like a gallon of liquor a day, smokes five packs of cigarettes, and then she, she can and, not stir. Yeah, and he carries, yeah, he carries, you know, he, and then he'll beat up five guys. 
And men uh, more or less created this fantasy world and emulated this character. And uh, Playboy magazine you know, have, you know, would have these spreads with the women, these unrealistic women. And that's where I saw men actually falling out of the family and having mistresses and wanting to have this kind of Playboy lifestyle. And it really... I don't know if I can use this word, but pissed women off, really. And I think. Well, it was a fantasy, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. The James Bond character has been well analysed, too, as a psychopathic character. Mm -hmm. and the man can kill 10 people in a day and have sex uh, every, every 10 minutes. Yeah. He, he doesn't have remorse, regret, anything at all. Uh, it's just uh, he fulfills his instant desires, gratuitous uh, desires, and. Yeah. He, uh, he has no remorse. Or so he's psychopathic. I mean, that's literally the, the character they're portraying as, the, as a highly successful man, wears the bow ties, goes to the best places, you know. Right. Well, I have no way of proving it, but, you know, it just, I kind of put the two together, and I just wanted your thoughts on this. Like, for instance, Gloria Steinman having these CIA connections, and it oh, makes true, me wonder. The, the, whole, the, whole, uh, the whole 50s, 60s onwards, Mm -hmm. uh, was funded by the CIA. The whole culture was funded by the CIA. Poetry, artists, musicians, mm -hmm. uh, 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 novelists um, were all funded uh, big time by the CIA and MI6. They the had joint offices. One was in London mm -hmm. and one in France and one in Germany uh, and in different countries. And they controlled the whole cultural industry. They financed the revolutions because they wanted um, a completely fragmented society that would end up being totally dependent upon the system, both mm -hmm. male and female, and this is exactly what they've got. But there's no family left now to stand together to, to fight for anyone's rights. Yeah, so do you believe, you know, because Hugh Hefner, who started Playboy magazine, he takes big credit for being this great pioneer, but it's my belief that he was probably encouraged or actually funded or financed by... Uh, like you say, MI6 or CIA to, you know, like this is just some kind of, yeah. you know, plot to actually... Oh, I've no doubt, I've no doubt. Uh, yeah. Again, this was written about before World War II. Mm -hmm. They talked about uh, a future world in a, in a, a series of uh, lectures they gave at Sandhurst uh, officer training for Britain, for the military. Mm -hmm. And they came up with the concept of t uh, total war in the 1930s. And they said if they can get another war going, that they would bring all the women into the workplace for the first time and, and make it the normal thing to do and have them dress even like men. So that was also part of it, to dress like men and, and, and then blur the distinction between the sexes. And uh, once they were in the workplace, uh, they would give them special rewards, we buy material things for themselves, and that would further disintegrate the family for a post-war world. This is what they wanted. This is all uh, talked about at top uh, think tanks for the military, which only works on behalf of the, of the elite. So they, they knew exactly the format to do. And then once the Cold War was started, they got the funding, they set up the cultural industry, and they guided all of it, all the left-wing and the right-wing. The radical left-wing groups you'll find now, were, were, as admitted to, were funded by the CIA. Yeah. You know, and you watch these, these television shows today, especially these crime dramas like CSI or Law and & Order, and there's always, they always have the, these female characters that are, you know, five foot one, yeah. and they're taking down six-foot guys. And, you know, and they're always beautiful women, very, yeah, very beautiful women. Yeah, and they seem to be able to maintain their feminism, yet they're masculine, just as masculine as men, but they're, yeah. you know, it's just this total weird kind of world. And, the, and all the characters are either you have the suspects, which are just totally demoralizing, 
or the victims who are just totally weak, which is yeah. everybody that's not a cop. And the only person who's just the perfect person who's got it all in control, who has the perfect balance, and the only human attributes are the police officers themselves. They're the only ones who seem to know what's going on. And, you know, and it's just... And it's, it's just a weird... I remember what Jack Seale always said, all police docudramas, all novels to do with police, all movies to do with police, uh, or hospitals, or lawyers, are nothing but propaganda for the public. Yeah. Consumption. You know, I know you, you sometimes analyze movies, and uh, I just wanted to suggest one, if you haven't seen it already, it's, didn't, it wasn't, didn't get a lot of... It wasn't real popular, but it's called Soldier with Kurt Russell. Uh-huh. He's a futuristic... Um, a, uh, he's a he's a futuristic uh, soldier who goes into these complex into these conflicts, and I think you should really see it. It's uh, it's just basically like the the old the old Spartan upbringing where it's it's in the future, but yeah. I can see this actually happening in the future where they get children and they indoctrinate them into becoming just in a soldier. Well, there's no class. doubt you're a generation growing up now since 9/11. Uh, that shortly in a few years will be going in, into the military, and they've never known uh, the previous system. They've, they've thought it's always been under terrorism. Yeah. Yeah. So. Another good, a good book and uh, to, re- to read is uh, The Handmaid's Wife, mm-hmm. to do with the feudal system with the elite at the top and the cons- constant warfare. Yeah. And how they breed, selectively breed their own offsprings to be the commanders. Yeah. And, and just one, and I'll let you go on this, but if you could comment on this, because uh, I don't hear a lot of people talk about cigarettes, and I know the UN pushed a was really pushing to to um, demonize people that smoke cigarettes, and of course there's health risks with cigarettes. But why do you think that they've gone on this assault? All of a sudden, you know, yeah. people are smoking. All of a sudden, it's just. Well, there's an old an old saying uh, that was put out there long, long ago uh, by a top man who helped run the U.S. government, and he said, "Always look for." He says, "For the public, there's always a very good reason for the things are done." He says, "Then there's the real reason." And when they go on a completely major assault with something like that, if you look for the real reason, now they're spraying you like bugs. The United Nations wants the population to drop. Yeah. Right? And they have a department of population control. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, they even have statistics for ideal population sizes and so on and so on. Mm-hmm. And here they want you to stop smoking while they spray you like bugs from the air and some global agenda, which they will not even talk about. Uh, so I think the smoking probably... Uh, inhibits the, the absorption of the particular drugs. That, well, that's, there's that's, also drugs in this stuff. It's not just the metallic particles. Wow, that's that's amazing. That's that's I've never heard uh, that actual uh, <laughs> um, connection been made. That makes some sense because I'd always wondered, you know, if 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 the whole if the whole idea of this global movement is to reduce population, you would think that they'd want you. They're incur- to smoke they need cigarettes cheap. You know, it's, it's yeah, a sure. bad thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's crazy. But, uh, hey, I, uh, well, thank, thanks really, for calling. And yeah, I appreciate all that. Thank you. Take care. Bye now. I've got Omar from Detroit. Are you there, Omar? How you Omar? doing tonight? Hello? I've been listening to you for a while, and I think you got some good information and everything. Uh-huh. I want to say uh, I've been talking to my people for, like, almost 20 years now, mm-hmm. trying to wake them up. And now, just finally last couple of years they've been talking about Umar. Everybody been asking when you gonna come up here. They see what's happening. Yeah. So I wanna tell the brother, uh, just keep talking to them. They're gonna see it. Yeah. You're gonna see what this new world order is all about. Mhm. 
And then, like you was talking about James Bond, I had a revelation. All the bad guys, Dr. No, Goldfinger, I, Josh, all of them was actually the good guys. Because according to what we see in the world, Britain yep. and Israel and America is the greatest troublemakers on the planet. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as religion go, I never... Uh, I was born into a family of Jehovah's Witnesses. I never could accept it. I'm the only one in my family that studied Islam, but I never converted. Really, I just kept the name. And uh, because, you know, once they started talking about Muslim terrorism and all that in the 90s, I kind of, like, got away from that. Mm -hmm. As well as the fact that I knew that Muslims were about to be targeted because they were being defamed and everything, uh, demonized. That's what mm-hmm. I mean. Always, what always mean. demonize the enemy before you attack them. Right. And um, like I say, I've been doing this for like 20 years, trying to talk to people and tell them, hey, we got to get ready for this thing. They got population uh, reduction plans, this, that, and the other. You need to get ammunition, food stored up, plenty of weapons, everything you need, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so you won't have to be a, uh, in no bread lines and stuff like that. And people yeah. was laughing at me and this and that. Now they can't wait till I come around Yeah, find out what I got to say. That's, that's, that's the way to go. And I'm also the commander of the Black Panther Militia in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, uh, but it's, good like, that it's good that people are, at least now they're willing to listen. Right, but I want to say if it wasn't for people like Bill Cooper and you and, and, and various others, I wouldn't even know this stuff. Yeah. So thanks. Thanks Have for calling day. in. Thanks for calling and calling again. Like after these messages. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix and we have Claudine from California. Are you there, Claudine? Hello? Alan? Yes. You're there. I get to talk to you for real. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is sort of in response to the gentleman that's 36 years old uh-huh. and he's talking about um, Pearl Harbor. Nobody believes him. I'm 62. Uh-huh. And my mom was born in 1925, my dad 1913, and my mother used to uh, tell me all the time how uh, some big shots from Japan met with FDR uh, the day before Pearl Harbor was hit. She says they knew. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with that kind of talk. Yeah. And um, and just like the jet, well, a lot of your callers, no, not I can't think of one person that's on the same wavelength. Yes. That I know. Yes. It's very uh, difficult. With FDR, you see, they've already cornered the Japanese in. On the one hand, Bernard Baruch was financing Japan into the modern military style under the Fugu plan, F-U-G-U. That's in your Pentagon records there and your, your congressional records. You should check that out. The U.S. was funding Japan to build them up through big bankers like Bernard Baruch. Well, nothing new. And... And at the same time, as, as they tried to expand, because Japan didn't have oil resources and so on, uh, the U.S. was cornering them in. And so they were pretty well bringing a war on uh, intentionally 
and it's pretty well described in the Fugu Plan. Uh, amazing, amazing book. Um, and uh, as I say, the U.S. was funding them. Canada was sending scrap metal for 15 oh, years down through my trains mother, to the U.S. Um, we lived in San Francisco, uh-huh. and um, she she used to tell me how they were they had took taken up all the rails. Yeah. And sent the to Japan to make bullets. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know. So and Britain gave them the the the, the, the uh, Rolls Royce Merlin engines for their Zero fighters. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. So I don't know. You know, I'm the oldest of five, and I'm the only one who sees the whole. You know, do, does see the whole picture. I'm not afraid to learn more. Mm-hmm. I can't talk to anyone in my family uh, without them cutting me off. Um, I just talked to my youngest brother, and he's a staunch right winger. Yeah. And uh, and we all came from the same family. So I don't know, you know, I, I uh-huh. it's it is very lonely, and um, I know for myself, I really have to um, find my little safe place and keep yeah. people away, and mm-hmm. you know, just do my thing. I know. Grateful. I, I have I live up on a hill with all this. I have a 180 degree, degree view. Yeah. And so I have, I get to watch all the um, the activity up there, you know. Yeah. With the um, chemtrails. Well, the camp, the beautiful chemtrails. Yeah. Oh God, it's unbelievable, uh-huh. unbelievable. And I've taken photos, and uh, we've got one guy in the county who is a professional photographer. He can't even get anyone to listen to him. No. And I've tried to get him to uh, listen to you because I told him this is just a part of the picture. This is just a symptom of of many, many, many things that are wrong. Yes. And there is a good book uh, I recommend to people, and it's called, I don't know the author, and I just picked it up accidentally by way of deception, and it's a Mossad agent. Mm-hmm. How he was recruited, he's out now. And that was Victor Ostrowski. Uh, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, and it kind of... He also wrote uh, The Dark Side of Deception, and it's oh, a fascinating story. Oh, I didn't read that yet. You, thank you for reminding me. Yeah. Yeah, because that's a real uh, picture of here and now and how they operate. Well, he worked in the Mossad. He was recruited in Canada. Yeah. And uh, he, he, he tells you the true horrors of these psychopaths that run the secret services. Yeah. And what they really, really do. Uh, and it's just atrocious, yeah. Yeah, and it, it just reminds me of Pearl Harbor and all these other things that are going on. Yeah. Anyway, it's a trip. It is. And I listened to um, C-SPAN today, Paulson. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, what they're trying to do is ease the uh, fears of the American people. Uh-huh. And they're just going to put another little Band-Aid on, and we're just going to get deeper and deeper. It's unbelievable. And um, I've been involved in real estate. Uh-huh. 2005, I was telling people, do not buy. I, pay, I didn't make very Well, I never make any much money because I don't lie and cheat or steal. Yeah. So I told everybody, you know, they come to me, and I said, don't buy. They all bought. Not one person except for my daughter. Global supplier of the finest natural. Oh, we've been cut off. That's all right. Apologize to me. Everybody else still thinks the market's going to come back. Yes. And they're nuts. They're absolutely nuts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've seen a huge drop in price here. I live in. Okay. Oh, apparently, apparently we're going off the air. I don't know what happened with the music. <laughs> anyway. So well, you maybe call I got in the again. best call of the evening. <laughs> yeah, you call in again. You call in again. I will. We'll touch you later. From Hamish myself. It's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you.